This episode of the Boss Rush Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn more about Boss Rush Media's family of podcasts, head on over to bossrushmedia.com or patreon.com slash bossrushmedia. Thanks for your continued support. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Boss Rush Podcast, a great place to play games and be better. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the PC Muscle Race himself, Laron Dawkins. What's poppin'? Hi, Laron. Hey, Corey. Are you having How's a good going? week? I'm having a good Wednesday night. I'm wearing the I Went Out Drinking bracelet. Ooh, where'd you go? Uh, to, a, uh, to a business social. Oh, that's boring. Mm. <laughs> It was boring, but I, but I took advantage of the fact that today is National Taco Tuesday. I'm, I'm sorry, National Taco Day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so which is um, weird had, that it's on a Wednesday, but I know. But I had plenty of I had plenty of tacos and um and was it what they call it cerveza? <laughs> you had cerveza and you're still awake. That's yeah. uh, Cinco de Mayo was National Taco Day. No, I say that in like in, with a with a. Uh, tone of reverence. Anytime I have any alcoholic beverage, especially if it's earlier on in the day, I will be out like a light. Within I'm supplementing myself with Starburst. Okay, mm. sugar. That's how I'm. Keep- that's how I'm keeping awake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, here is the mad pharmacist herself, Stephanie Klimov. Here with my Red Bull. Cheers, friends. I thought you were going to sh- do show and tell. Oh, and Joel says hi. I got my Joel statue from The Last of Us. And speaking of show and tell real quick, too, I also got this off Amazon, the Game Console 2.0. It's updated with up to the current generation. And I like that book because it's mostly pictures. (laughs) And it gives a complete history of all consoles that ever were invented so it's like really informative and the guy's really passionate about gaming preservation so i like it yes nice. emulate emulator people yes did you get the uh one that's based all on nintendo 64 and it gives the history of all the games that ever came out i have one but i think it's some like unofficial book but i do have a n64 thingamajig <laughs> Again, I hate the fact that I'm so attached to the system that really isn't that great. But, you know, you can't. It's like you can't choose your family. You can't choose what you Wait, grew you're atta- up. you're attached to the Wii U? No, N64. That's not even great as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> I don't think it's aged very well. But yeah, I love it. Are rough. <laughs> but I love it. Which explains, which explains the lack of 64 games on Switch Online. That's something, that's a topic for another day. I will say I'm very well, disappointed how little of a library they have. It's, and then they move on to Game Boy, Game Boy Color, like Nintendo 64 never existed. The thing is, though, is Microsoft owns like half the bangers that were on the Nintendo 64, though. So True. Yeah. But I would figure the fact that they have a good relationship that that could eventually be worked out. But yeah, maybe Game Pass or because um, Rare replays on Game Pass, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, Which is where all maybe. those games are. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe that's why it's not happening. Maybe they'll put, uh, you know. Well, my thought was like, they've always, like, they've had a good relationship with Nintendo that when Rare Replay came out, I'm actually kind of surprised that did not come to Nintendo Switch. 
like that when would the sell came hard, out. at least oh, to the old farts like us. Yeah, some Conquer, some banjo. Although I think the first banjo is on Nintendo sixty four thing. So, um, anyways, there is a fourth person here. It is <laughs> PK Power Pat Klein. I'm so glad you finally remembered me. Sorry, we got we got we got a heavy conversation on Nintendo 64. All right, uh, speaking about heavy conversations, I'm going to lay some heavy knowledge on you. Oh boy, you ready? No. Saying "Father, forgive me for I have sinned" is just a fancy way in saying "Sorry, Daddy, but I've been bad." Oh, Ooh, <laughs> this is an after dark. Oh, oh two Whoa. completely different tones. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Same meaning, though. Yeah. Oh man! Oh man! I I, I like kind of want to jokingly say that in my next confession, but I feel like I'm going to be marched out of my church. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> it's oh, Lord. forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Sorry, Daddy, but I've been bad. Oh, no. oh gosh! Now I'm cringing. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> oh man! Anyways. To get out but, of this. But what we do like is talking about video games. Video games. <laughs> We're going to talk oh, yeah. about what we've been playing. I'm going first. Show and tell. Ooh. The history of Castlevania. Yep. Haven't really opened it yet, but it was part of my collector's edition that's been sitting on the shelf for like the last eight months without me even opening it. Oh, mm. how could you have the will to wait this long? Was it? <sighs> were you like debating keeping it sealed or something? I don't know. I I get nervous when I have a good collector's edition. I still have my Ori sealed. Mm. And that's got some cool looking stuff in it, too. It's true. It's true. Anyways, sorry. Continue. Who's sorry? What are you sorry for? For derailing it by showing my awesome history of Castlevania. Oh, because we're so good at staying on topic. <laughs> yes, we're we're the most professional podcast. Our whole right. show is built on rigid structure. <laughs> Stop it, Pat. You're fired. Uh, All right. Good night, I'm everyone. I'm just kidding. Bye-bye. So, so I have been trying to play Destiny over the last couple of weeks, but they've been getting uh, heavily uh, DDoS. Bungie has been. And... Uh, it's incredibly difficult to get into the game right now. Uh, and when you do get into the game, you can't get into like any of the events or anything. So, uh, you know, you just kind of run around and be like, I can't do anything. And then you turn it off. Is there any, is there, do you know if there's any specific reason why they're getting DDoS right now? Like, uh, I don't like, know. Usually, like usually somebody will, will come out and be like, Oh, this is why you're being, being DDoSed. Yeah, there's a reason, but I forget. I, the Destiny 2 team Twitter account usually has why they're, uh, you know, what's going on. So I don't know. I could look it up, I guess. But it's been incredibly difficult to play this season because of that. And uh, it started after like week three. And um, I think it has something to do with the economy, the in-game economy and how uh, things are going to work in season 23, which is next season. Uh, because they're taking away like the main currency that you use to like buy weapons or upgrade them or craft them, uh, which are legendary shards, which have been in the game since like the very beginning of Destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. And so every the economy is just changing, and everybody's really mad about that. Um, mm-hmm. And then the way like 
the way you are able to like craft weapons and get weapons. Some of it's changing like for the major in-game stuff like Trials of Osiris, which is like the hardcore three on three PVP mode. Um, and uh, everything's just going to cost way more with f- stuff that's harder to get. So that's Wait, the who's on question. Destiny question. Yeah. Who's going to be who's going to be taking over the, the role of uh, Zavala? Uh, Keith David. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. They have that similar, you know, cadence, I guess, to their voice. Yeah. They sound very similar. Uh, but yet just distinctly unique enough to notice. (laughs) Like I bet like 90% of the people that play destiny won't notice. Right. I mean, also I think, uh, I think Zavala is going to be, uh, softly retired from the game overall. That's, that's the speculation, but we're not a hundred percent sure what's going to happen after. Cause I mean, the final shape is five months away and, uh, Nobody really knows what's happening except that we're going inside the traveler for the first time into the pale heart is the I new swear. area. You're t- so. <laughs> you're saying all this stuff. And I know. <laughs> and it sounds like, and it sounds like, man, it sounds to me like when I talk about how like fatalis is coming <laughs> in monster hunter to you. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The traveler is the big white ball that hovers over earth mm-hmm. that everybody worships like a God. Mm-hmm. And, and we we're think- going, we're going inside of it. And the light it provides creates life. Mm-hmm. And so it's created some sort of life inside of it. But the witness, who is the bad guy, the darkness. Witnesses uh, triangle. Yeah, has gotten into the trap. He's in the traveler and he's distorted life inside yes. of it. So-, so you have the triangle in the circle. Mm-hmm. So we figured the final shape is probably going to be a line. That way we get a complete deathly hollow. Mm. It's close. Actually, some of the shapes in the, like there are deathly hollow shapes in destiny already. Uh, but see, it's tied got, to the Harry Potter universe. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically, uh, okay. basically the game ends with you becoming Dumbledore, actually. Whoa. Yeah. Um, or something else. Oh, the the final shape collector's edition is really cool so uh but the game i want to talk about the most is i finished alan wake remastered tell us how you mm-hmm. feel about this game okay why'd you, why'd you say it like that <laughs> so okay you weren't here for the first half of our conversation uh, i yeah i'm pretty sure i wasn't so <laughs> In the context that this is just a straight up like 4K version of the Xbox 360 game at 60 frames a second, taking that into account, I really did not like this game. I like, I mean, I told Pat and Stephanie that I think it's my the least my least favorite game I've played probably in the last 15 years. Uh, the the controls are terrible. I think the controls are really bad. And uh, Laurent, I think you and I had this discussion about the controls and, you know, you kind of said, well, it's an Xbox 360 game, right? And we kind of had the discussion of the games that came out before this. Um, when did this come out? 2010? 2010? years I think ago. So. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, we had Gears 1, Gears 2, Gears 3, 
Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 5, Uncharted 1 and 2, and they all still feel significantly better than this game. And I know I know Remedy's more about the wait, storytelling. Alan Wake, Wake was 2010? Uh, I'm assuming. I feel like I feel like it's just as old as Dead Space. Mm, Alan Wake release date. May 14th, 2010. Yeah, May 14th, 2010. Uh, and, like, I knew the story was going to be weird, so I wasn't expecting to, like, really enjoy it anyway, because it's, like, wh- what would you compare it to? I guess Twin Peaks would be the, is the thing that everybody compares it to. I don't know. I've never seen Twin Peaks. Yeah. Twin Peaks, X-Files. I've never seen Twin Peaks either. <sighs> yeah, Twin I, Peaks. No, I, I, did not get, I did not get an X-Files vibe from, from um, Alan Wake. I didn't either. I got Twin Peaks. Yeah. And like, I'm just like. More like an X-Files filler episode, you know, with the monsters instead of the aliens. Mm -hmm. I I just, (laughs) this story was some real 2010 hipster bullshit. (laughs) 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 Like it. Wait, why aren't you saving this one? Why aren't you saving this for book club? Because we're doing Alan Wake 2 for book club. Oh. And, uh. I mean, I'm going to talk about Alan Wake 1 on there, like maybe like a couple minutes there. But uh, I thought the voice acting was really bad. I mean, granted, 2010, they kept the same voice acting, whatever. It just felt like everybody was reading the script instead of like acting the script, right? Yeah, like like, his wife, she definitely sounded like she was dead. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, she yeah, she was she might have been the worst. Um. And yeah, Barry's- it, was, yeah it, it was crazy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, it's fine. It was crazy how, like, at the very beginning of the game, when like, they're like visiting that house and the lights went off, and she freaked out. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. she hates the dark. Okay, yeah. she has a fear of it. Yeah, we know, don't like- know what happened. Her father probably came in the middle of the night and did horrible things. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. it could have been that dark, guys. Yeah, those two. I'm like, how how are these people together? <laughs> and he was like a dick to her too. I was like, damn. All right, yeah, go most writers your... are though. We're like, moody. Not not like. Ah, never mind. I'll just stop right there so I don't get myself in trouble with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> with the writer in particular, because I know what I mean, but I know it's going to come out wrong, and so no, it's okay. Worry. He acted like a very typical. The stereotypical writer where they're like yeah. moody and e- egotistical, really into the, themselves and their creations, and blah, blah, blah. and they get like just so insulted, like it's it's crazy. I like wanted to punch him several times. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, we are we are creator gods. That's mm-hmm. that's what we are as writers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and like, he was an East Coast writer too, which made him even crazier. Yep. What the hell is that? What the hell does that mean? I'm an East Coast writer. What the hell does well, that mean? He's he's a New Yorker. Yeah. Yep. New Yorkers are just jerks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different level. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, okay, I can deal with bad voice acting. I can deal with a bad story. Most video game stories are mediocre to bad, right? I mean, especially from that time period. But like, I start playing the game and. Like the control, the controls, I could not get over like how loose the controls were mm-hmm. like, they, you know, and I'm like in I, I don't know if it's because like I'm used to playing, you know, when I play a third person shooter like Gears of Wars uh, 
controls are really tight. Outriders was a really tight. Like the controls were felt great in those games. And like, man, I would like run. And then when I let go of the stick, he would still like run a little bit or like the the jumping or like even when you have to like do the light platforming and like you couldn't jump up on a box or you would jump over the box or you would fall off the side because you were angled slightly wrong. And it was just like. Man, games have come a long way since 2010. Yeah, yeah I'll be honest with you. That is the part that it str- I struggled with most. I didn't mind the story. I, I didn't mind the mood. And as someone who's a chicken, this is the perfect amount of horror for me. So I'm a little more positive on Alan Wake than you are, but I agree. Like, I'm like, I must be so spoiled with how far and smooth controlling a a game has gone that I actually have trouble adjusting to this. Like the fact that his dodge is so bad and his Mm -hmm. running is so bad because I... Like during the the shadow sections, I just kind of want to like duck and move because you got to conserve battery, whatever. And I got my ass handed to me several times, and I really didn't think it was my fault. I'm just like dodge, dodge, ah, and I got knocked over by a barrel, and I just got mad. (laughs) Um, What difficulty level did you play it on? Standard, like whatever. I played on. I played on easy because. I was I wanted to get through it as quick as possible. He's trying uh, to get through it. Mm-hmm. What? I finished it. Man, you I was, guys, I was saying you're trying to get through it. That's all. Oh, yeah. May, just, may, there's too many games to play right now and to prepare for book clubs. So I have to play. I have to be efficient. So maybe it wasn't the 2010 controls. Maybe it's the fact that Alan Wake is a writer and not a military person. Therefore, he runs like you know nathan drake isn't military person either he's an adventurer though yeah but nathan drake nathan drake come on that that dude's (laughs) been doing that shit alan wake sits at a desk and exercises his fingers on a typewriter yeah generally speaking again if we're going with a stereotypical (laughs) writer like a serious writer physical activity is not their strong suit yeah but four of those writers experience the shit that they write about (laughs) but the other four remedy games that i've played Max Payne, Max Payne 2, Quantum Break, and Control all felt way better. Although all those are say, special agents. Yeah. Although, although I will well, say Quantum Break. I will say I that control, controls controls. Nah, that's hard <laughs> to say. Uh on the Xbox One weren't very good because because it just felt slow because it ran at 30 frames a second. And once the, the Ultimate Edition came out that ran at 60, it felt way better. Right? So um look at but, you your frame counter look at you i know i'm i'm a i'm an elitist um but yeah i just uh and I, again i want to reiterate that the story is not for everybody but it is for some people and for people who like that it's probably really good right but uh i also had a really big gripe with the the last chapter in particular um because you know you you drive this car, you get to a blocked bridge, you walk around, you might kill a guy or grab some equipment, get in a car. And then you do that like six times. And then on your way to the, uh, to the cabin, right? It's, Oh, I got to climb this mountain. That's also blocked by, you know, box cars and trucks, right? Like, first of all, who's, Mm -hmm. who put a, who put a train car on this mountain? The Um, dark lady. Also the last gripe I'm climbing this mountain and I'm trying to get to the cabin in the lake 
which is in a valley, right? Like, so why am I climbing the mountain? Doesn't make sense. Uh, also, they introduce like the like those little like uh, mine carts in the last in the last level. I'm like, what is going on? Why am I why am I riding these mine carts in a mountain? Uh, and then like spoilers, I guess. But like the quote unquote final boss is a is a dark dark magic tornado with like school buses flying around. I'm like, what is this cartoon BS? Like, this is. <laughs> this is <laughs> um, but it's the absolute chaos that is formed like. from Alan Wake's mind. His, 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 he needs, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he needs to do. Uh, so the yeah. game was about his writer's block and his, you know, loss of creativity, you know? Yeah. You're going to run into roadblocks and trains and, you know, it's just not going to make sense because he's trying to create his best novel and you know he's, he's just kind of grabbing at whatever he can yeah it's so, a metaphor yeah it's a metaphor um so that was my experience with alan wake uh i mean i know we're doing two for book club but before this i had zero interest in playing alan wake 2 and now i have even less interest to play alan wake 2 <laughs> which i don't know how you get below zero. Oh, i can bring it back up though oh no the old gods of Asgard are coming back. Sure. Great. I that was like the songs were incredible. Oh. Oh, I was like, hold on. Do we no. Oh, they are? Yeah, they're supposed they, to be I thought like, they died. The um I mean I there's supposed to be some version of the old gods of Asgard because uh uh they, poets um what what the hell is the group called? Something. I don't think they. I don't think they died. They were in the end. They were at the end of the game. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I don't think they died either. They were playing had a concert the at the reindeer festival or whatever it was. Okay, but I just I guess maybe because they were in the loony home went where Alan Wake was at one point, and then the whole house was consumed by freaking the shadow. So I figured everyone that was in there. Is- <laughs> got consumed by the darkness. That's the only reason why I thought they died. Yes. I don't know. I'm not I'm not good. I, I like I said, I like the story. I didn't say I was good at understanding abstract <laughs> stuff. Poets of the Fall. That that's the actual band's okay. name. Um but it's two of the members and they are the fictional old gods of Asgard band. Nice. Yep. And they've uh their songs are actually scattered throughout all of Remedy's games. So the big one, obviously, Alan Wake, but they also had a brief cameo in Quantum Break. And um, the the song that plays during the Ashtray Maze in Control, that is also Old Gods of Asgard, Take Control. Hmm. Yeah. Great music. Uh, also, uh, the agent, Barry, was really annoying. Um, oh, I, I like was- him. He was funny, comic relief. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys played Bayonetta or not, but he reminded me of the the oh. friend, the New Yorker he's, he's friend. Joe Pesci meets Danny DeVito. Yeah, uh, but this was like a really watered down version of that, but still reminded me of it. And I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I wish I wasn't so negative, but here Sing I am. The lady of the light. Da, so. da, da. All right, I'm done. Pat, you're next. I'm, I'm next. Cool. All right, so guys, I have beaten three games since uh, we last talked. Ooh. Ooh. 
So games 34, 35, and 36 have been completed. I'm just going to make a quick jump to 35, Resident Evil. I played it. Yay. We're going to talk about it in book club. You know, but I'm still going to say Resident Evil 4 is not my favorite Resident Evil. You're talking specifically separate ways, right? Uh, I mean, even separate ways still had... It's still close enough to Resident Evil 4 that... While I thought what they did with it was particularly clever, the gameplay still remained very much Resident Evil 4, and it bugged me. And I was trying to th- figure out reasons why this bugged me. I could probably talk about it at Book Club, because mm-hmm. I did think of some good ones. Anyways, that was game 35. Game 36 was Diablo 4. I finally decided after three whole days of playing, like, in terms of hours like i played this game for about 80 hours actually and my friends were already past the story and i can't play with my friends anymore because they're playing on a different love world tier than i can because they beat the story and i didn't yet Hmm. i decided to finally beat the story nice it was fun lilith was a really cool final boss and it's Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't know you were. Uh, I was going to say, and I'm very curious where the story is going next. Mm-hmm. I want. I want to say one thing about Separate Ways. I actually really liked it. I actually thought like the combat was really interesting and fun, and the grappling hook. Oh, yeah, you can talk about yeah. it a little bit because that's one of the games that I've played. I was going to yeah. say a few things. So, yeah, I was just mm-hmm. commenting because he brought it up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the grappling hook was nice. But there are other things that bug me. Uh, one of the things being how dark the game is physically. Turn your brightness up. It's fine. I did. I turned it all the way up to the top, and I still couldn't see a damn thing. I had to play the game at night just to be able to actually see where I was going. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I had to do that with Alan Wake, turn it all the way up, and then I had to turn the brightness up on my TV, too. <laughs> I couldn't see anything. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember doing that when I played Alan Wake. Yeah. No, you know, I hate it when game like games have gotta let you control that. Like, oh, it's for artistic value, just like the uh, the big battle in Game of Thrones was done on purpose because there are no lights up there in the north. So why would there be lights when everyone's fighting? Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason why it, you know it was like pitch black for like forty minutes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, Diablo Four was great. And I look forward to actually joining my friends on a season uh, when the season of Blood starts later this month. Nice. Uh, all right. So new games I played. Game 34, Cocoon. I want to hear about this. game is freaking incredible. Like, this is from the creator of Inside and Limbo. And mm. it's a completely different game. Well, it's in a sense, it's completely different because it's like 3D and it's more colorful than those games are. Uh, but it's not really a horror theme game. So, um, but it is the puzzles make you feel so damn smart. Mm. This is a game. You're this bug person that's like freshly hatched. And the game does the game doesn't give you any description. It's one of those games that gives you zero context of what's going on. You just move forward and you just kind of pick up things as you go. Uh, you know, you get ideas of what's going on with the world or like what you're supposed to do through context clues in the environment. Uh, the primary thing is 
you have the ability to grab and lift these orbs, which you find out are worlds. Like you, you, at one point you're jumping into the orb and it's a completely, it's, it's a world of its own. And then you can jump out of it and you're in a different world. And so you can then, when you get more of these orbs, you start taking the orbs. You can jump into the worlds with these orbs and solve puzzles because each orb has a special kind of ability attached to it. Like the orange red one can form invisible bridges or the green one can lift uh, pillars that can be used for like elevator purposes or for example. So not only are you trying to like progress through world upon world and into world, like there's points where you're even like going world to world to world. It's like an inception of worlds. It's like, and that, yeah. And it's like, you have to use this to advantage. Like maybe like you can't get, you can't carry, you can only carry one orb at a time, but you need to get like two orbs over to someplace else. So how do you do it? You take an orb, you jump into the world, you place the orb in that world, jump back out, then you can carry the orb to the destination. And now you have all your orbs in one spot without, you know, or where the puzzle wouldn't have allowed you to do so because maybe you need to cross an invisible bridge, which only the red orb will allow you to see. So you'd take the green orb and put it in the red orb world. Like, it, the puzzles are very smart. Like they're not overly complicated to the point where you're going to get absolutely like frustrated and stuck. At least, you know, I didn't think so. Like they requires thought, but for the most part, like you're not wandering around thinking that you might've missed something and the game will prevent you from doing a lot of backtracking by like maybe just cutting off your path. Like if you came on a platform, it's just going to retract the platform so now you know that you're kind of stuck in this environment, and so all your puzzle needs will be within this environment. So it, it helps keep it contained uh, in that regard. Uh, for you, Corey, it's a lot of easy achievements. Yes. I got 900 right away. Uh, I missed two of the hidden things out there. Um, and I, I'm kind of curious if they affect the ending or not. So I'll probably retry this game again with a walkthrough to find those two missing uh, things. But yeah, it's a it's a great game. There are some boss fights that are kind of pu- which are bu- uh, puzzle based boss fights. Um, and the only consequence is if you get hit by the boss, he just kind of kicks you out of the world, and you have to jump back in and redo it again or redo the boss fight again. But yeah, it's a it's a fun game. It's a smart game. Uh, overall, it was a fairly relaxing game, for in my opinion. And it's free on Game Pass, so if you have Game Pass, check it out. Otherwise, I still recommend Ooh. checking this game out. It's it. I liked it a lot. This might be uh, one of my top three indie games uh, that came out this year. Nice. Oh, yeah, sweet. Top one still being uh, a. Uh, space for the unbound but yeah i'm ready yeah. i'm ready to play cocoon i'm i was i've been looking for forward to that game since they showed it off so yep now this and is a- uh this is the the team the like the team the guy that left the the original limbo studio right yeah this is the guy who created it 
Yeah, but like, one of didn't one of them leave? Uh, I think this yeah. I mean, two founders. One of them left, or maybe that was Somerville. Was the other studio? I don't remember uh, exactly. But great game, highly recommend it. And then the last game I have is Dragon Quest: The Adventures of Die or Infinity Strath. Dragon Quest: The Adventures of Die. Yeah. A Dragon Quest game that is based on an anime that was based on a manga back in the 80s. Um, then the anime is from 2000, and they created a whole bunch of like media like connections to it, one of them being a video game. And let me tell you, this game feels rushed. <laughs> this game feels like we need to get this game out to coincide with the Japanese anime that's out there. Hmm. The reason I feel it's rushed, I will say the game felt lazy because you have all the assets to this anime and you're telling the story through still scenes, voice acted mostly through a narrator, and it's got this vintage look to them. Like they, they slap a vintage filter. So it's kind of your brownish and your golds looking at this, you know, these these still shot scenes while narrators kind of telling you the story of die and his adventures which from what i understand this game maybe covers about a third of the actual anime um the voice acting is typical you know what you find in your anime game or your anime uh, your main character basically sounds like ash ketchum uh because <laughs> he's, he's he's the typical boy character that's probably voiced by a girl um Rip Pokemon, by the way. <laughs> Your uh, combat is very standard, simple, action-based, reminiscent of uh, um, Dynasty Warriors, the whole Mushu uh, one versus many. Because the, mo- the battlefields will either be like a very linear level with a whole bunch of like monsters on it, uh, or it will just be a strict boss fight. Um, and your story is either going to be told either just in the cutscenes or in the boss fight. And, you know, you just keep selecting your chapters that way. Um, it, like I said, it feels very lazy, um, and rushed. It's not, the story is not bad. I'm enjoying what I've been watching so far. It's just probably... That's probably really the only redeeming factor of this game right now is the story. There's also this thing called the Tower of Remembrance, where the main way you can customize your character is by attaching cards on them that boost up their stats. And the main way you get more of these cards or level up the cards is by going through this roguelike tower where you do like these battles... Uh, with maybe some limiters on it or some bonus, like beat them in a certain amount of time. And you keep doing this as, and the higher you go, the more reward that you get in this tower. And then when you leave, uh, you uh, you leave, you get to keep the shards, which is used for your currency. All the items that you got, typically you don't keep unless they were, um, unless they were these trade cards or bond cards is what they're called. And um, then you restart the tower again at level one when you go back through it. So that's it's it's an it's a curious way in how, like leveling up, but 
Really, I would only recommend this if you're like a die-card Dragon Quest fan and don't have any other way to see this anime. You might actually want to just see the anime if you can get that. That's sad. I thought this game was fun when they revealed it. Not that I'm a big Dragon Quest guy or anything. but mm-hmm. Nah, it's... It's alright. Like, it's average, to be honest. It's not horrible, but it's definitely... Dragon Quest is known for their quality, and this doesn't feel that quality. That's That stinks. Mm-hmm. That's me. <sighs> well... Stephanie, you're up. You're muted. Mute, mute. Mm-hmm. I, was, I know. I unmuted and remuted. I'm worried. So I. So placed... these guys get to share your uh, sweet stuff uh, scent. Oh yeah, let me talk about that first. Um, I played oh, more no. of Pub Encounter. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, a dating sim where you play as a young woman that stumbles upon a bar whose primary clientele are middle-aged men and you go on dating them. So their ages range from forties to their seventies. Damn. Yeah. The, the owner of the bar, I guess he's a dateable character and he's the oldest one. Nice. Um, and I, as I mentioned last week, I picked it up because I use most of the the dirty games you see on Nintendo are where you chase a, chase after the young, pretty women um, with disproportionate uh, body parts. But uh, so this going to have back problems in their thirties. Yeah, but in this one, I'm like, hey, this is kind of like real life. For I pursue men older than myself, JK. But um, I was like, all right, cool. Let, let's let's get into this. Um, I stopped at dating two guys because at first it was exciting, like kind of exciting. And I felt like a immature little kid, like, hee hee, I'm playing a dirty game. <laughs> um, but I unfortunately got old real quick because the music is the same. Uh, there were n- There were no images that would be warranted in a dirty m-rated dating sim that made it worthwhile so it's like it's a graphic novel you keep clicking a a a as the dialogue progresses you get still images of the characters right and i'm like all right let's go let's go like i'm picking all these options and then when it finally gets to like a, a steamy scene you don't see really anything at most you might be seeing like the guy who's like face is flush and you see like they're sh- up, up to their shoulders and you could tell they're shirtless, but that's it. I don't get to see no booty. I don't get to see no other parts. Oh, hey, it's a perverted game. If it's a perverted game, I expect perverted pictures. Okay. That's the point of the game. It's M rated. So if it says M rated for whatever I expect results, and I was very disappointed. <laughs> you were you were ahead. How much? How much did this game cost? I'll have to double check and get back to you on that. But <laughs> but the first guy was like the the more conservative guy. Like he distrusts women, and he 
puts up a wall. So I'm like, oh, maybe whatever. So the second guy's like, I'm going to hold out. And I'm going to keep, I'm going to pick one more guy. So the second guy I pick is like clearly the sexual deviant one. And I'm like, all right, this one is going to get juicy. Like this is the guy that is saying all the dirty things and look like, you know, he's in it for a good time. And the storyline was, oh, gosh, he, he go, go figure, he's a bad boy, formerly part of a gang. And, oh, he needs to distance himself from you because you might get hurt. No, I want to be with him no matter what, even if I die. That's the stupidest, corniest line. I'm like, all right, let's just get to the sex scene. Let's just get to the sex scene. We finally get to the sex scene. I still see no nether regions, nothing, no, not even a full bare chest, <laughs> male or female. <laughs> There's nothing. I'm like, what? I've been clicking What's through pointless dialogue for nothing. Pub encounter. Pub encounter. I want to see these handsome middle-aged men in their full frontal glory. And I see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or even like full front frontal glory with the, 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 what do you call it? Like the, the blurred out image like i'm okay if they blur it out at least like leave something like, it wasn't enough to leave a nice image i never see like it's all shoulders and up if their shirts were up so and like the the the, the lines are cheesy your character's like mm, ah ooh. <laughs> like i'm like okay yeah i mean Pat, you're on mute <laughs> he doesn't know that so you're telling me that this game uh, like might have been written by a guy and does not know how to express female <laughs> excitement or dirty talk? Yeah. Hmm. And it's it's your typical anime thing where the girl's like, oh, no, please don't. Ah, I'm so sensitive. I'm like, oh, geez, come on. I highly doubt it's this chick's first time if she's immediately going to this bar to seek out men. <laughs> my friend says I need to get out more so I went to a bar to seek men but I'm still so young and inexperienced yeah pub encounter is a romance game where you can fall in love with one of several middle aged men 1799 wow. hold on let me try and find what like the rating ratings for because I'm pretty sure they said it was wow there's fan art yeah, fan oh, art. Oh, there I we go. You, I bet you that's better than what you'll see in the game. Well, I'm trying to see where the the M rating is and what's rated yeah. M for, because I'm pretty sure it says like there's partial nudity or something. See, even the Nintendo website. Please put in your date of birth. I'm old enough. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Nudity. See, it says right here. M, nudity, sexual content, and use of alcohol. If you're telling me that there's mm. nudity in this game, and I fork up almost $20, I better see <laughs> something. <laughs> get, your refund and get your refund and go to, like, OnlyFans. Seriously, that's false <laughs> advertising. It says nudity. There was no nudity. You should uh, email them and ask them for your money back. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Laurent. She sounds like she sounds like. What was the movie where? Uh, what was the movie where the where the guys are having the confession and the one dude's like, uh, dude's like, uh, I I accidentally watched the gay porn one time, but I didn't realize that's what it was. Like I watched the whole thing and I was like, where's the girls? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what Stephanie sounds like right now. Where's the dude? <laughs> 
So the girls, um, he's like the girls. They never came. <laughs> <laughs> that was Stephanie with that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I um, it had a lot of promise, but it, it did disappoint me. So after courting two men, I put the game down. <laughs> it's just like dating in real life. Wait, you didn't even beat the game? No. Then you probably have not even gotten to where nudity is available. No, okay, well, what do you mean by beat the game? Because I went through a whole story arc with two guys. So do you call that beating the game? Or do you count beating the game as dating every single guy? Because I did go from... Dating every single guy. Every guy, and then it becomes an orgy. Also, if they're older, they they might have a hard time... They might need their nurse or something. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, the CEO is 41 years old. Uh, okay, forty-one is not that old. I was talking about the people in the game. <laughs> yeah, one of the characters in the game is yeah. forty-one years old. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. um, you said no, all like, the way up to seventy. Yeah, the but the CEO is forty-one. The owner of the bar is seventy or whatever. But the anyway, no, I went. I went through a whole character arc from beginning to end, and I only got the good ending. So now I, I had to go back and get like the the better ending i don't know but it's just it took up a lot of time and i'm like i don't know man i put in a lot more hours than i probably should have put into this who knows maybe if i'm really bored i'll go back to it but i'm just saying and reporting in okay i feel like i spent way too much time talking about pub encounter moving on i played and beat separate ways i personally liked it because i liked resident evil 4 i like ada wong i like the voice actress uh, who did Ada Wong, even though she got a lot of crap for it, but I, I liked her. I liked how they were kind of like mini condensed versions of kind of what Leon went through. Um, I still hated the part where I had to deal with Regenerators, or whatever you call them, and the Iron Maidens. How the hell do they make those things so fucking scary? I hate it. I hate it. And when they flop on the floor, I think they're dead, but they're actually f- crawling towards you. I used up all my rifle ammo. I ooh, did not fare well in that level. But I liked how she kind of did a little bit of mini-, mini bits of what you had to do with Leon. And I like it because you got to see another part of the story that you never normally would, which is, you know, I wrote a boss rush banter piece saying Zelda needs to take a page out of that book. Wouldn't it be great if you could play what Zelda did in Skyward Sword? It's something like that. It doesn't have to be a full game. It could be DLC of what another character is doing during your primary mission in the main game. So played that. Uh, And then last but not least, I started Resident Evil 2 remake because it is spooptober, spoopy month. This is the time to do it. This is a little different than RE4, I realize. So I didn't go five minutes before turning the lights back on. I'm like, I can't do this with the lights off. I can't. I I just, I can't. And I've seen Let's Plays on this. I know what's going to happen, but I can't. And this game's different. You have to, like, really conserve your ammo. We're in RE4. I mean, you still have to be smart about it, but you just go to town and kill shit. Here, it's like, you probably shouldn't kill zombies unless you really have to. And I don't like that. I want Resident them Evil, to- Resident Evil 2, like, even back in its original form, it was the game that taught you how to conserve ammo. Yeah, so um, I kind of messed up the beginning, so good thing I kind of made two save slots, so I want to go to the earlier one. I didn't get too far into it. I, I got too scared and went to bed. <laughs> last night man just wait till you get to hear the scariest part of the game or the scariest sound in the game even 
Does that have anything to do with Mr. Axe? The clomping of footsteps in a room just next to you. Oh, it's going to freak you out. Mm Mm-hmm. When you know he is nearby and you try to get your ass hiding. That's the other thing. Like the way it, the way the sound design for RE2 is is crazy because it's silent. You know, it's all sounds, and you're in an old, you're in a police station, but it's an old museum or whatever it was. So like, I heard my a floor creak when I was walking, and I like froze. I'm like, what's that? What's that? Oh my gosh! I don't know if I can get through this, guys. I'm terrified. <laughs> you weenie. If you can't, you still got that game I loaned you. That's a good spoopy one. Yes, that probably is more up my alley, but I I paid for the game and I told myself mm-hmm. that I have to play RE2. I have to play RE4, which I did, RE2, and I at least want to play Village, these three. Then I'll be happy. That's you should it. play 7, then I'll be happy. No, never. <laughs> that will never Welcome to the family, Steph. 7 is the one that's going to scare the hell out of you. Nope, that's why I won't do it. I don't like first person mm-hmm. too as well. I just don't like it. No. Nope. So that's what I've been playing. Well, Aron, it's your turn. Do I even need to do I even need to talk about these? Yes. Just let's, just let's, say let's, what you're listen, playing, listen. Aron. You don't have to explain anything. Uh, I'm, just say. I'm still playing the Dead Space Remake, my second run through, and I'm playing and I'm playing Spider Man Remastered. <laughs> cool. Uh good news. Good news! I found the fourth marker uh, marker statue, so now I am I am locked in for the uh, for the final ending. Nice. For Death nice. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. all smooth sailing from there. Yep. Um, all I gotta do is just continue using my my lowly plasma cutter, so I can get the one gun um, the one gun achievement. Mm. Nice. That's impressive. Mm. Yeah, and if, and if people are wondering what's taking me so long to be uh, Spider-Man Remastered, it's because I'm basically trying to 100% like the game. I, I am. I'm doing, I'm doing everything. The, the DLC, all the challenges and stuff like that. Like right now, I found like the the 13th out of the 15th like Black Cat like uh, like heist things. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, or she's like, where she's basically dropping like little 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 cat uh, little cat plushies all over the place with a camera, and you gotta scope out where she's trying to where she's scoping out to try and mm-hmm. capture. That's fun. My nice, really uh, nice my reward suit for that one too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. If it's, I think it's the one I'm thinking of. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. My daughter really likes Black Cat. They watch the, the uh, yeah. The, well, they watch that sp- that Spidey cartoon that's uh, for children, and uh, okay. Black Cat is in it. She likes her because she dresses up like a cat. Has nothing to do with anything else. So. Uh, all right, let's get into some of these uh, topic stuff things. Um, so we're gonna kind of like just kind of breeze through these. I don't want to spend too long on these because there's a couple. Uh, but as everybody knows, Jim Ryan retire is retiring in March of 2024. Uh, from Sony and PlayStation. And uh, there's a lot of uh, conjecture out there about Sony really uh, might change direction from this game as a service thing. Uh, I don't think it had to do with him 100 percent, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't feel like Jim Ryan is the reason why Sony moved to games as a service. I don't either. 
No. Um, they moved the same reason everyone else did. They saw Fortnite and like, hey, we could get easy money off of this. Well, well that's what they should have done. They should have just kept selling their characters to Fortnite and making, you know, 70% rip off of every $30 skin. <laughs> Why? Why? Ep- Epic uh, had to lay off all these people. Apparently, Fortnite didn't make them that much money. No, Fortnite makes them a lot of money. They were just investing in way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim Sweeney needed his bonus. Uh, I mean, uh, they bought <laughs> tell me Bandcamp. I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, they bought Bandcamp. Who buys Bandcamp these days? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit. But in terms of PlayStation, I mean. No offense to Concord or Fair Games, I'm. But are those it, those games? I don't know if they're going to do very well. They have to be like really, really great for those to do well on a single platform. Um, unless they go the Hell Divers route, which I think Hell Divers is actually going to do really well because Hell Divers has a following, but uh, and it's only forty dollars, which is nice to see instead of a seventy dollar game with battle passes. Uh, but fair games, like so many people have made fun of that game based on the name alone because it has a dollar sign for an S. Um, although Foam Stars is apparently pretty good, people like that, I guess. So, but what do you guys think about Sony's trajectory over the next, we'll say, five years? <sighs> you know, I oh. go ahead, Pat. Go ahead. I was going to say, I Jim Ryan was probably my least favorite. Sony rep and least favorite of the main three. Um, so I'm honestly not that sad that he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that him leaving isn't going to really change too much with the Sony route. Like they're still going to try and figure out ways to get their, you know, service, uh, service games going, even though like the last of us, obviously became a disaster and who knows if that one's ever going to come out but it's uh been put on ice apparently (laughs) yeah it needs to chill yeah Um, but i see the thing about the thing about sony's live service stuff though in the past well quote-unquote live service their multiplayer offerings like factions was a pack-in with the last of us part one and Ghost of Tsushima Legends was pa- was like an update to Ghost of Tsushima, and that's where like all, like, the, like all the Uncharted mm-hmm. stuff from two through four yeah. was add-ons. Donut yeah. Drake, best add-ons. So maybe they Donut should focus Drake. on a single-player game and then make the add-on for it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and make it free. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leron, what were you gonna say? Um. All right. Well, well, first of all, I I've I've seen I've seen like the reactions on on the internet and social media for the most part to like Jim Ryan like leaving, mm-hmm. and um and I don't know where I don't know where people got in their head that Jim Ryan is the reason why PlayStation is bad, even though I don't quite see PlayStation bad. It's more of I his don't. political views. Okay, whatever. Jim Jim uh, Ryan comes off as uh, the typical uh, right wing conservative that a lot of gamers don't like i, I think like what people fail to pe- realize though is that huh 
Oh no, keep going. I just, I, I just hate how people judge, like either actors or in the gaming industry. Like, I don't give a f what your political beliefs are unless you're actively murdering people or you know what I'm saying. Like, I just hate that. Sorry, keep going. Okay. Well, it's it's more he kept other people. He silenced other people from enacting their political, uh, like the whole thing with abortion. Like, like the whole thing ago? with the Bush, yeah, the Ro- the Wade versus Roe uh, ordeal. Like he purpose, he came out and said, "Listen, we're going to respect all opinions here." You know, rather than a whole bunch of everyone else jumping on board and saying, "No, you know, that Do was you- a wrong turn." Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. And then also, kinda- Insomniac turned around and gave a five or fifty thousand dollar donation uh, to women's rights, and they're told to keep absolutely silent about that donation. Bungie Bungie did too. Bungie said mm-hmm. Bungie said companies aren't going to silence our views. And okay, that was uh, right after the acquisition of Bungie, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I can see where I can see where that kind of I can see where that would definitely play into it. But you got to you got to realize something. Like like Jim Ryan has been Jim Ryan's been with Sony for what twenty plus years? I forget how long. Twenty eight. Uh, twenty twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say twenty four, but twenty eight. This guy has been around. This guy has been around in a corporate environment where he's seen what happens when like political views, uh, social views, and like commentary on just life in general can bury a company and stuff like that. So as him being a head figure of a company, I gotta say in this regard because like I'm I have a I have a partnership in my in the business I'm in. I, I you know um the IT company I work for. I get it, you know, because like the wrong thing, especially in it's uh, like, let me see, like the, the man, the man's, the man basically became like the uh, CEO of Sony Interactive uh, in 2019. Basically next year was COVID. Mm-hmm. And so, and so like he had to watch, he had to watch and make sure the brand didn't fail amongst all the other stuff that was going on. Like scalping was going on. So Sony wasn't making any real money off of that because Sony, the only way Sony could track like real like sales of, of, the, of the console was through was through subscriptions to uh to PlayStation Plus. That was the only way they could watch and say and see what a bona fide sale was for, for PlayStation Plus. Uh through I mean for the PS5. They had to do that. So like that. And and he's seeing all these companies implode because like you know like most of them were, were spewing like right wing stuff, you know, which which you know like they should implode as they should because like you know what like you Y'all shouldn't be wanting to disenfranchise poor people. Y'all shouldn't be wanting to control women's bodies. Y'all shouldn't be wanting to like to, to hurt to hurt maim, maim gay and trans people and shit like that. So fuck y'all. But anyway, <laughs> this guy this guy has been in business long enough, you know, in some leadership capacity that he's seen what happens when political views and 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 views on social commentary go the wrong way. Companies wind up going bankrupt and closing their doors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I'm not gonna I'm not necessarily shilling. For Jim Ryan and his decisions on that, but I think he made the right move because I've actually I've actually been told by by my employers like, hey, like we get it, like you live your life and everything like that, but if you're the face for the company, you cannot mm-hmm. do these things because like these actions have real life consequences, and even though like you don't sign a paycheck here, you just you just take a paycheck, like it'll hurt everything, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So I mean, if that's if that's one of the situations where people are mad about, I can I can understand that, but at the same time. From a business perspective, I understand why he did it. Yeah, uh, and uh, oh, just ahead. to piggyback off you real quick, Laron, I you know I work with a, you know I work for a, 
a tech marketing company and most of the people we work with have the complete opposite views of most of, if not all the people I work with, right? Because they're all from either like, uh, you know, overseas, like something, you know, India has a real, you know, big, I mean, I, you know, I don't know much about their views or anything, but, you know, we work with people all over the world that have different views on things. So mm -hmm. that's one thing that we, uh, you know, we have to consider when we, when we go to work every day too, you know, I mean, it, I, I understand if you, especially like tech, like China, like you want a good relationship with China because they make all of our stuff, not from a business standpoint, not saying like a moral standpoint, cause you know, mm -hmm. Just, uh, you know, we had that discussion on oh. Pavlock the other night about China and Saudi Arabia and why gamers are afraid of them working or investing. Ultimately, the, uh, the, the, the lesson this story is like, if, if something you do can, can impact a company's stock profile, you need to be, you need to be careful about what you do. Mm -hmm. You have to be <laughs> completely to be neutral on all things. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because like, because like Sony can't. Sony can't fuck around, you know. Sony can easily become what Microsoft is right now. Like Microsoft bitches and moans every fucking day about how they're in third place all the time, you know, and stuff like that. Sony cannot put themselves in that category. Sony cannot become the next Sega. <laughs> I mean, Sony so Sony far can't become the next. Chair. Sony can't become the next. Sony can't become the next Atari. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Sony is so far ahead at this point that it's like. You know, I, I, they would never be like a, a Dreamcast. They have never had a non-successful console. I mean, I mean, you could look at the Vita, I guess, or the PS3 starting out was not very successful, but it ended up being. Um, so, hey, the moment I the mean, moment Sony turned around and said, "Hey, like we're breaking even on every sale now," you know, like that was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So my second part here. Okay, so honestly. I don't feel I don't I don't I don't feel the same way the internet feels about Jim Ryan. I don't think Jim Ryan is the reason why Sony is I don't know, like undesirable, let's just say, you know, use that use that term. Because in all honesty, like this everything that everything that Sony is doing right now when Jim Ryan was like the head of of, uh, of SIE and and by the way, Sony Interactive Entertainment is not PlayStation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sony Interactive Entertainment is a branch of the, is a branch of PlayStation that's responsible for for games and accessories and to an extent hardware. Mm -hmm. uh, so, all that being said, ultimately, and I and I've said this day in and day out on on my show Crossroads, and I've said it a few quite a few times on on the Boss Rush podcast, and I've said it a couple of times on Nintendo Power Black when I'm on that. Jim Ryan ultimately still has to follow orders from somebody else. And that is, and that is the president of Sony and all their shareholders and stuff like that. So when these guys, when these guys say jump the, uh, you know, Jim Ryan, ultimately he can, he can ask questions, but he, he can, he can ask questions and he say things, but he ultimately still has to say, ask how high, you mm -hmm. know, he has to, you know, he's, he's so, also like, though not completely powerless. Like he is a CEO. He gets to make decisions for he gets company. to make decisions but guess what his decisions still have oversight because mm -hmm. he is not the he's not the number one yeah plus he's got to appeal to like shareholders and you know obviously it's a dance you do it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, by appealing to these shareholders though they also managed to alienate like a lot of consumerism or consumers that's fair. 
They, I mean, to be fair, they don't care. They just want to make the money. I know they want to make the money, money. but that's why people like the average person is like, you know, screw Jim Ryan. He's the guy that didn't allow me to play crossplay games when it was, you know, becoming popular because Sony was like the most anti. We don't want any, you know, crossplay between our system and anyone else because we want to protect the children from predators. So here's my so here's my question to gamers, and that's everybody's listening to us or watching us. You know, once this episode goes live and everything, uh, did you guys just shoot the messenger? Well, or did you guys well, was he the messenger, or was he the guy who made the decision? That's we the question. Know, we don't know exactly what he made. We don't know if he's the reason why Sony, like PlayStation Plus, took a forty-five thirty-five uh, percent price hike. We don't know. We don't know why. Like in all those territories, like 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 PlayStations went up like ten to fifteen percent. In certain territories, like you know, like overall, we don't know what he was in what he made decisions of, which was funny though, because every time like these decisions came out, you know, the number one person we did hear from Hiroki Totoki, the chief CFO of Sony. Yeah, and now he's the interim, interim guy. Yep, and now he's the interim CEO. So, and I'm not saying Totoki is the bad guy. I love saying his name because it rhymes. Hiroki Totoki. I love that. <laughs> but all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, for every time, every time someone like really attacked Jim Ryan, and like I said, I'm not being an apologist for this guy. I'm not being an apologist. I'm not being his cheerleader. I just understand the position the man was in because, like, I'm t- I'm kind of sort of in that position as well with my job now. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that. It's just that every time like something came up, like it's 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 a shame that and, and maybe that's why he retired. He just got tired of people like throwing shit on him. Well, he said he's tired of traveling. <laughs> yeah, which I can believe reasons. that. I can believe that too. I can believe that too. Yeah, because uh, he lives in he lives in Europe. He works two weeks a month in the United States, and he works one week a month in Japan. So like he's he's always traveling. You know, that's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's probably not the only reason, but it's not the only. That's not the only reason I, I can tell you. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. And most notably, Ryan oversaw the launch of, of the PlayStation Five, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, like I said, like dude has dude has a very impressive resume. And you know what? Say what you guys say what you guys will about it. And I'm talking to people out there listening to us, especially the ones that are there, just like the Jim Ryan haters. Say what you say what you will about the dude, but that dude's that dude's cashing a paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> he's, cashing a, he's cashing a paycheck that, that that everybody everybody to a certain degree would covet to mm. cash. Oh man, that almost can lead directly to the next conversation about layoffs and whether or not CEOs are getting paid a little too much. Mm. Yeah. So oh, I think they are. Final <laughs> final thoughts on this Jim Ryan thing. I kind of feel like Sony's going to go the way that's gonna. Sony wants to go. I feel like I feel like they look at themselves as a prestige company. Like I think they always have, right? Like as a prestige, uh, you know, console, right? To you know, it's you're cool if you have this. You're you know the elite gamer if you have a PlayStation, right? And so. I They're the Miller highlight, the champagne. I'm very, of... I'm very elite with my PS5. That maybe, that maybe it's not on the bedroom like, right now. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, it's finding his way back up to the bedroom because, of course, my roommate stopped playing Final Fantasy 16. He, yeah. he never, he never beat it. Yeah. He just, he just stopped playing. Yeah, I, I wish they'd go the single player out because that's what they're good at. But also, I realize that that it's going to make them less money in the long run, even though they make a rip off of every single other third party game on their console. 
That's just uh, me. Okay. Well, good topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking good, of good topic, uh, we just we just have to wait and see who the next person is, and then I don't know. Will he be worse? Will he be better? Uh, oh, I never did ask answer the original question, like about Sonny's trajectory. Yeah. Who knows? Like, no one. Only only people at Sony know what the trajectory is going to be for. You know, are they still gonna are they still gonna go all in on games of service? Are they going to expand? Are they going to expand PlayStation Plus to actually like give the people what they want? Uh, will will true backwards compatibility be a thing for PlayStation Five and all systems going forward? Is another handheld console coming out from Sony? We have no idea. Yeah, it's know. called the Portal. Duh. That is. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have thoughts on that and and you know and the sad part is like my thoughts are not bad thoughts. I believe I believe just like just like how like honestly just like how Nintendo releases like all these all these different versions of like their their handhelds like the, like the 2DS and all that stuff. Like they're, they're Sony's releasing this stuff to a market that they that they believe is out there. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I tr- as much as I said it in a mocking tone, I have been eyeing that pre-order button very heavily. <laughs> Yeah. My, my uh, issue with the portal I, is you can't take it out of the house. You can. You I'm can not tether giving, it to your phone. I'm not giving um I'm not giving Sony money for this because I decided to give Mark Zuckerberg money for those Ray Ban uh VR uh, uh those Ray Ban glasses. Whoa. Oh, yeah, those are cool. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting a pair of those. Like that is the nerdy shit that I live for. Those things are really cool, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I went and got my eye exam yesterday. I'm getting some brand new contact lenses. You bring it on. <laughs> speaking speaking of cool nerdy tech, we at work we have talked about the Apple headset. That thirty five hundred dollar. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that one. The the woo! the augmented reality headset or whatever. Woo! That's too much. That's too much money. I know. Uh, shit i was supposed to play the lottery tonight damn speaking of not speaking of too much money uh that's something that game companies don't have these days uh so yes everybody's talked about the unreal stuff and i'm sure we'll talk about it or the epic game stuff we'll talk about it a little bit but i want to go over some of the companies who have either been who have either laid off a lot of staff or have shut down completely in the last six weeks okay this is just the last six weeks obviously volition was shut down um uh, uh gearbox had people laid off the number is tbd um embracer also may sell gearbox ascendant studios lays off about 45 percent of their workforce uh for those who don't know they made immortals of avium the uh, ea original that came out a couple weeks ago which i think looks really cool but i didn't buy it yet so uh beam dog they're a developer owned by Embracer. Uh, 26 people were laid off. Crystal Dynamics lays off nine people, uh, eight marketing people, and one IT guy. Uh, Roblox lays off 30 people. Uh, Activision Blizzard lays off 10 people from the Hearthstone team. Epic lays off more than 800. I think the count right now is 831 people. Uh, team 17 lays off people uh, amidst company restructure. Puny you guys human. hear about the the epic and about how they found people that they forgot to lay off and then laid those people off too. <laughs> First of all, 
first of all, we'll get into this, but why the hell is Epic so big? Why are they so big? 800, 830 people is 16% of your workforce? How did, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. So uh, I have massive. my first question. Do all these companies just fucking call each other up and all plan to lay off people like around the same time of year? I think when one starts it's doing so it, much, the other jump so on the that. train. It's not so much that. It's when their fiscal years are starting to come to, come to a close. Yeah. Did you see uh, Microsoft or Xbox tweeted out that they, uh, to the Epic people who got laid off specifically, to hire them for their studios who use Unreal Engine? Why? Why? Because then Microsoft's going to lay those guys off. Microsoft has had, what, three rounds of layoffs before the FTC shit started? Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know, man. I don't know how it works. Okay. The company I work for is 17. It's bonkers. So I don't know. Um, Naughty Dog has re- reportedly laid off uh, 26 people and is pressuring employees to keep the news quiet. Um, <laughs> Twitch had another round of layoffs. Yeah. And, uh, Dang Studios shut down uh, Boomerang X developer uh, because funding failed to materialize. This is all in the failed last. Failed to years. materialize. Yeah. Well, they're a, v- of- they're a VR company, so like nobody cares about VR. Do you think, in some instances, not all, and I'm I'm not an expert when it comes to business stuff like that, but for some of these, do you think it's that? You know, the executives, the board members just put such high expectations on the money that they think they should be earning. And then when they don't meet that, they're like, all right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what the epic layoffs were, where they were like spending. They were investing more money into uh, the Fortnite creator program and making Unreal Engine the best engine possible and, uh, you know, investing in their quote unquote metaverse and they, Tim Sweeney said he thought they could uh, push through it, but at the end of the day, they couldn't. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know, man. That the epic one is the, definitely the one that obviously stands out recently because I mean that's just that's such a huge number of people, including people at Mediatonic, which was you know Fall Guys. Uh, people who got laid off said that this the studio was basically eliminated. It's like a skeleton crew there now. Um, Rocket League uh, developer Psionics had a few. Um, and then they obviously divested in Super Awesome, which was their the advertising company they owned. They sold off Bandcamp. Um, the only company that they owned that wasn't affected was Harmonix, which is hilarious because like Harmonix only makes DLC for Rock Band. <laughs> yeah. How many people even work there anymore? Uh, sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It's just, you know. But 830 people, roughly 16% of the company. Um, it's so... Why are these... I mean, I know a lot of these companies went on hiring sprees during COVID, right? Because they could, I guess, and money was cheap. You know, spending money was cheap with low interest rates if you borrowed it or whatever. But, like, I, I wish some of these companies were smarter about how they were using their money. I think one of the big issues here is that right now everyone's making the big push to be the AAA titles, budgets of over, you know, half a billion, or budgets of like a quarter to a half billion dollars per game that Stop. take about five years to five to ten years to produce. You know, they they're going to be running out of money. They don't have games in between 
to, you know, subsidize. Stop! You're miss you're missing something here because because uh, like a bunch of these are American studios, and during COVID, like there were there was government kickbacks to like keep mm-hmm. people employed, mm-hmm. true stuff like that. Uh, PP. Oh, those PPO. <laughs> Yeah, forgiven PP yeah. loans. Yeah, for, yeah, that that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But trust me, there's there's politics and money behind all this, and a lot of and a lot of excuse more to politics, you know, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, but yeah, like, all, of course, a lot also a lot of is bad decision making, you know, on the part of like the corporate structure that you know hires these people and stuff like that, because you know, nobody ever wants to get. I've I've been I've been. I've been uh, a victim of a layoff. Like I got hired I, uh, back when I was working for the shipyard. I got hired a mass a massive hiring spree, um, and then like when contracts got pulled out, like my neck got on the chopping block, you know, and stuff like that, you know. And it's just kind of things. It's kind of the way it goes. Like when 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 company sees prospects, they they want to hire to shore up for the stuff. But when those prospects dry up, or when something happens, because a lot of this looks, because uh, looking at a few of these, a few of these look like gamers just lost faith in the companies and they stopped buying product. Yeah. <laughs> and that that leads to a different conversation. Why are you putting out subpar stuff? You know, like yeah. like you guys hear me complain all the time. The worst thing you can do to me as a PC gamer is give me a shitty port of a console game. Especially when the console game wasn't really that great when it launched either, you know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now: don't pick up that Metal Gear Solid collection. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wait for a sale on that one. Like, like I mean, like a remake of, of Snake Eater sounds good, but I'm going to wait. <laughs> yeah the uh, the other thing too, especially with Epic, like how much money do you think they're losing on that store they're trying to push because they just made that deal. That to encourage indie games to be exclusive to their store for the first six months, they make every penny or like the 80, 12, the 88, 12 split. I wonder how much that's hurting them. I wonder how much, you know, it costs to give away those free games. You know what I mean? Like that's it's not free money. You know, like they're paying these companies, you know, to get stuff on their platform the same way that Microsoft is paying to get their games on Game Pass. You know? Yeah. It's just uh I think no, I wonder, definitely I wonder could be how, that. I wonder, I wonder how much Epic is actually making in sales of games. I probably not much. PC, I mean, Laurent, you would know better than anybody. Like PC people hate the Epic Game Store. Yeah, because it's uh, doesn't because it's against Gabe Newell, their Lord and Savior. Yeah, which is funny because twenty years ago when Steam launched with Half Life Two, you had to download Steam and everybody hated it too. Mm-hmm. Laurent remembers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if, um, well, like, in, also in terms of Epic, like when they were hiring, like Unreal 5 Engine was like still like kind of being implemented and stuff. And now that it's pretty much there and, you know, accessible to everyone, I wonder if like what's that team got to do now? Like the project's over. Well, I mean, they're still updating it and fixing bugs and adding new features to it, though. Hmm. Yeah, but for the most part, it's it's the machine going. Like it's out there being, ch- you know, chucked out to the the next developers. And with the whole Unity thing, you know, Unreal just became more attractive. I know, and now they just okay, shot so, themselves in the foot. 
So Epic Games annual gross revenue. Um, in 2022, uh, Epic Games was projected to generate approximately $6.27 billion U.S. in gross, up from $5.1 billion the, uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, let me see. Yeah, that's rough. I don't, I don't have, I don't have hard numbers on this, but 2023 is projected to be 6.5, 6.51 million. And um, I'm not gonna look at, I'm not gonna look at 2024 and 2025 because like these numbers, these numbers need to like be reflective of like the layoffs and stuff that just happened. Yeah. Plus, like I feel like they thought Fortnite might last forever, and like. They 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 still rocking. I know, but like their player base has been dropping a lot recently. And the last thing, the new whatever they're calling it chapter in the new season has uh, Ahsoka in it. And they said this was the first time that player count has risen in almost like what six months. <laughs> uh. Um. So I don't really keep track of Fortnite, so I couldn't tell you. I mean, I really don't either. But I was looking into this because this story was so interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, Fortnite's just not bringing in the money anymore. And it's like, well, the game, the game is, is seven years old at this point, you know, it's, I mean, Minecraft is like one of those games that just seems to last forever too, but there's so much. Yeah. They keep adding new content. Well, I guess Fortnite too, but Minecraft keeps adding more stuff. Yeah. Like that is actually part of the game where yeah was what is fortnite just skins and occasionally a new map well the pc version has like this creative mode where like people are actually building their own games through fortnite and like but that's only the pc version i mean i bet most of the play people who play fortnite are on console right so uh, oh wait wait i found the real number of how much money they made last year the Epic Game Store made $820 million in 2022, which was down 2% year over year from the $840 million generated in 2021. Compare that to Steam. Because uh, that number okay, seems Steam. low, to be honest. Uh, How much money does Steam make from the store? Well, right, you'd, think the Steam de- you'd think the Steam Deck would have increased sales, but... yeah. Uh, I mean, ooh, 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 wow, wow. <laughs> the Google AI was real quick to give me this result. Valve generated 13 billion US dollars in total revenue in 2022. About 10 billion of the revenue was from the Steam store. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So that would be what uh, Epic Games is making about what? One fifteenth of that? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, so let's see. Ish. Do we want to use the thir- do we want to use the whole thirteen billion or just the ten billion from the store itself? Uh, do the ten billion from the store itself. Yeah, ten billion divided by. Wait, wait, okay, hold on. Just because you would have to figure out how much money Fortnite and Unreal would make, right? So yeah, just do the stores in particular, because we know Fortnite makes like hundreds of million dollars a quarter, if not billion, like in the billions. So That's- well. Well, when we divide that, when we divide that number, it's twelve point one nine percent. It's twelve point one nine percent. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Math is hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have yeah. calculators. So yeah. Um. So wow. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's beefy. Um. 
I hope all these people find jobs, to be honest. Uh, I know quite a few of them said that they're just not going to work in games anymore because it's too lucrative and it's too, like, risky, you know? Um, it's, I would like- it's amazing. Like, I was reading some of these tweets, and, like, a lot of these people, like, struggled, you know, for years to even get to the position that they got to, yeah. you know, hardly even making ends meet. And, like, now they're back to square one again. It's, like... Yeah. It seems pretty cutthroat mm-hmm. kind of environment, which is which sucks because you think the concept of creating and building a video game would be like any nerd's dream, you know. Mm-hmm. The budgets are too high for AAA games. Yep. The indie mm-hmm. games are having a hard time, you know, finding discoverability because it's so easy to put games out now, you know, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, and. You know, it's just there's there's got to be some sort of happy medium. And maybe we'll have that a budget discussion at some point, because I think, man, three hundred million dollars for like God of War. What was it? Two hundred eighty million plus marketing money in the budget. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 was five hundred and forty million. Yeah. So, I mean, Cyberpunk three hundred sixteen Grand Theft Auto two six two sixty five. Yeah. And that was in twenty thirteen. So. God of War Ragnarok. It came cost. out in the FTC leaks. Mm-hmm. The budget. I just forget what it was. $220 million for Horizon. It cost $200 million to make. So, for, uh... And isn't Ubisoft um, <laughs> an example of a company that sets really high expectations and then they always say that they underperform? Uh, Ubisoft does sometimes, but Square, Square Enix is really bad about that. Mm-hmm. Great Enix and EA. Yeah. Hey, Final Fantasy 16 sold sold what four and a half million on one platform. That's not even at the peak of its sales numbers yet, and uh, that was a failure. So. Okay. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a failure, but they said it underperformed. <laughs> they underperformed, then they backtracked. So it it was okay. Yeah. <sighs> man. No, it's. But... <laughs> oh man, Shimu is still considered one of the high ones. Yeah, and that was uh. Uh, 1999. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. 123 million with inflation was how much that game cost. Yeah. Well, well good luck to all the people who got laid off. Uh, we hope you get jobs. Um, did you, did you see the severance pay though for uh, Epic? Uh-uh. Six months of base pay, six months of health insurance. Uh, uh, accelerated stock options, uh, vested stock options, and there was something else too that was in there. That's not horrible. No, no it's not bad. No, <laughs> better than Bioware, where people are still waiting to get their severance. Yeah. By the way, did you see people that people got laid off from Bioware too and are suing Bioware mm-hmm. because they haven't gotten their severance yet? And mm-hmm. also, uh, one of the teams that they let go was unionized. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I wonder, I wonder if Bioware is going to exist in the next five years. To be honest with you, you got to wonder if Dragon Age is coming out in the next five years. Yeah, and and Mass Effect. Mm, Shut up. Let's go to a new topic. <laughs> All right. Um, Don't do this to me. We're gonna we're gonna answer some questions. I feel like we've been running a little bit long, and so we need to get to these questions. Uh, remember, if you have any questions. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord or follow us on Twitter and look for the question threads. Uh, 
We would love it if you wrote in questions. Uh, MH Norris has two questions via Discord. Uh, she asks, with the amount of layoffs, do you think that they that uh, that that may result in a series of games rushed out sooner than they should be? Um, a good example is Fay Farm, which really needs another few months in development because uh, the amount of bugs she found were far more than they should be for a sixty dollars game. Is that game sixty dollars? Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I kind of feel like we see that now. I mean, look at Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's the prime example right now, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was not done. And it, not that it had... Um, well, I guess, you know, it. the PS4 version was delisted, and everybody says that this 2.0 version should have been the one that was released. And uh, I've actually had the itch to go back to that game and play it, but... So basically, we, we will wait 11 years from the time it was announced for it to come out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, goes back. I don't think layoffs is the, the reason why we're getting the rush games. Obviously, that more comes to budget and development time mm-hmm. and the fact that they need to get a product out and they can just patch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think that'll, the, the, the crunch culture, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, will will definitely be uh, for me. I would think be more of a escalating issue than rushing products out. I know it's not the same business, mm-hmm. but there's a certain retail pharmacy that loves to really keep trimming down hours for tax and stuff like that, and they expect at minimum the same output and they generate Mm -hmm. flu shot goals for example based on how you did last year and then they tick them even higher so the crunch is getting tighter and tighter so i just feel like it'll just keep that nasty cycle of crunch culture alive and well yeah yeah i kind of i kind of feel like it might be a little column a a little column b i mean i think this comes back to how big these budgets are for these triple a games and like I mean, look at Horizon. You can see like the the wispies on her face, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't. I don't want to. Not that I don't like these big, huge AAA games that look amazing, right? But like, I feel like we got to figure out a way to, you know, like okay. I know I just shit all over Alan Wake remastered, right? But like, that game mm-hmm. looked fine. Like it looked fine, you know. Not, I mean, it doesn't look great, but it, it looked fine. And like, I don't think every single game, AAA game, needs to look like super realistic all the time with the greatest detail, right? You know, and and I don't know, man. I mean, Sean Sean Layden, the previous CEO of PlayStation, talked about this when he after he left on some random, I don't know what show it was, but like, he was like, marketing budgets have doubled. Right. When he first started at PlayStation, uh, budgets were like one hundred million dollars. And then when he left, it was about one hundred and fifty million dollars. And now they're, you know, the average AAA game costs two hundred, two hundred fifty million dollars to make. And I mean, as as much as we kind of like shit on Nintendo sometimes, you know, their, their budgets are like real low and they sell a gajillion copies of games. Right. And there's some sort of happy. Yeah, there's got to be some sort major, of happy medium between those. I think the major problem when you look at like games that when you look at games, especially console games that want to look like that, I think it's because 
I think it's because honestly, you know, like, and and I and I also kind of fell into this trap too back back before I was a PC gamer. I would look at games on the PC that came that were also on the console, and I was like, man, why does this game look so much fucking better than you know the console games and stuff like that? Um, and you know, like over the years, over the console generations, the console the the console developers heard this and stuff, and they started. And he started trying their best to pack more, you know, like, 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 you know, power into the hardware and stuff like that, which means that, you know, now is no longer appropriate for like, for like, for like you to make a PS2 looking game on a PS4 mm-hmm. or a PS3 looking game on a PS5, you know, or an Xbox or an Xbox 360 game on a Series X, you know, it, it you know, like it just doesn't make any sense now because of course, like the consumer is going to be like, why am I playing? Look at how we, t- look at how we talked all that shit about Bayonetta 3. <laughs> look look at that you know for example you know mm-hmm. we talked a lot it, and you know like bayonetta 3 is a game that looked it, it, you know like the game itself did not look bad but the game just looked like it was out of place on on the system it was on yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that and that's and that's you see and we're doing it right now in the, in the current gen with like with like uh what Corey, you and i were texting about it and i was like wow i did not realize that that uh that the tegra the tegra x1 that powers the switch is like Nine years old. Mm-hmm. Nine years old. The switch is only the switch is barely six years old. Yeah. <laughs> so well, so and that's, yeah. that's not including the other tech that's inside. That's basically fifteen or twenty years old at that point. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because you're using they're using ARM and all the ARM basically is mobile mobile technology and stuff like that. So you know, like so you know, like congratulations to everybody. You have a glorified, you know, like mobile phone that plays like triple A game titles. <laughs> that can't connect. Which to by the way, <laughs> which which by the way, Apple's getting ready to do. I know. <laughs> I know. I want I want to talk about that at some point too. The Apple stuff. We should. We should. Not, not we should. tonight, obviously. Maybe next week yeah. we'll talk about it. Yeah. But um but for me to answer uh, 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 Mary Helen's uh, uh, question, um, games are being rushed now. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> games are being rushed now, and I'm and I'm saying that I'm saying that being conservative because like because like Cyberpunk Cyberpunk came out late compared to when they wanted to put it out there, and it still didn't come out great. It didn't come out great for like the for like most of the people who want to play it. Um, but you know, like there are games out there, like, you know, like I was, I was mad off my ass about Advance Wars one and two, even though that's technically a different circumstance, but, but remember when Advance Wars one, two got leaked and, you mm-hmm. know, accidentally, well, the switch got accidentally flipped on it on the day it was supposed to come out and people played like a real early version of for like, for like four hours mm-hmm. and they were like, Whoa, there's something not right about this game. <laughs> yeah. Games need more time to cook, you know, uh, which ultimately goes to say this, like, don't announce a game. Don't announce a game when it's just an idea in your head. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Looking at you, don't Bethesda, Elder Scrolls 6, <laughs> that finally just reached early development this year. Yeah. <laughs> if this is an idea, that's like me turning around saying, that's like me turning around saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, like, like I got this new book coming and I haven't even put the outline to paper yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Especially with how long it takes to make games now. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and you know, like, 
gamers like foam at the mouth about stuff that they want you know for like no. I'm, I'm being for i'm being for real like look like like Je like 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 uh like jedi survivor 3 is just a blip you know, oh, know on paper and people are already wanting the game to be fair to be fair respawn did not announce that cameron monahan was let it mm -hmm. slip in hit one of his interviews that they were working on yep so yep but the but, but I think what's funny is like right after that the guy who was responsible for Jedi Survivor one and two was like oh I have nothing to do with this <laughs> he's like I've already left we're the making it that's news to me <laughs> he's like I've already left the company <laughs> you know uh, so the games games being rushed just because it has nothing really to do with the layoffs and stuff like that if anything they should they should take into effect that taking the fact that they are laying people off so you need to make sure the game has a little more polish to it when it comes out because the first thing people are going to say is well this game would have been fine if you hadn't laid off all those people mm -hmm. yeah there's there's got to be a way man to to here's here's my thing i think because uh because because uh because it was mentioned about the amount of bugs in, in faith farm Here's the thing about it. I think I think the uh, the development base has already been split. Like when I say development base, I'm talking about like like you have a studio developers, right? We're not stupid. We know the dev kits for the next gen consoles are out there, so they probably have split half their teams up, so so people can like work on the new dev kits mm -hmm. while the other people have to pick up the slack for the games that are still on the cutting room floor that need to be put out and stuff like that. Yeah, this is. And and we always see this in late cycle games. Like we see some, we see some late cycle games, like a late cycle game that was a masterpiece, The Last of Us on PS3, masterpiece. But look at some of the other games that kind of that kind of like fumbled in that same development outline, you know, in the yeah. same release outline, you know, stuff like that. Because why? Because they're working on PS4. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and guess what? Some of these PS5 games tried out there looking looking amazing, and then some of the other PS5 games came out looking like trash, and it was because like half the team was split. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that uh, the uh, Uncharted one, two, and three, The Last of Us, and uh, what? Un you know, all those no, all those games from Naughty Dog came out within two years of each other on PS3, and then yeah. you know, Uncharted came, Uncharted four came what four years after that, but that had some development issues. But you know, and then it's just nuts to see. Uh, see that and remember last year Jason Schreier said if you're building a, tri a triple A game now you better be specking for the next gen because it's not coming out on this console <laughs> man alright let's get to the next question because uh, um, she, next she also asked since it's October uh, what do y'all think will be the biggest game sales wise of the holiday season Mario Wonder mm, yeah S Spider-Man mm -hmm. 2 Nah, I think Mario Wonder's gonna out Mario Wonder's gonna outsell Spider Man too. Guys, you're I you're overlooking the most the most obvious answer. This better be a real answer. Yeah. Call of Duty three. Oh, yeah. No. Modern Warfare. Yeah, Modern <laughs> Dude, Call of Duty's the biggest. Call of Duty is the highest selling game Warfare, every I, I freaking year. Yeah. Actually, Modern Warfare three is gonna be a behemoth. Yeah. Hmm. It is. Um, but I do think in the long run, Spider Man's gonna sell probably like forty million copies. I'm not even kidding. By the time PS5 is all said and done, that game, dude, that game's gonna sell a gajillion copies. It won't sell that yeah, many copies I, this season. No, not this season. <laughs> no. but I'm saying by the time PlayStation Five, it's is life. Over. It's lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's lifetime. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think in the short term, yeah, Mario Wonder is definitely gonna be 
Mario Wonder is going to be the one. Yeah, Mario it's going to be Call of Duty. One. It's on multiple systems. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying within the October, the days within the time. Frame. It's going to be Call of Duty again because Modern Warfare comes out next week. Oh, does it? Or I thought is it, came it this out. week. I thought it came out. I thought it was around November. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, November. That's, I'm, well, didn't she say I was holiday? looking at a list. It's like the 5th or 8th. Uh, yeah, holiday season. Yeah, so, the question was of, of the mm-hmm. holiday season. Just to slightly revise that after listening, you guys, I do think long run beyond the season, Spider Man Two would be my prediction. I, I get wonder, but like it, I and this is coming from someone who prefers two D Mario over three D Mario. Like I'm not sure if it's going to be as big of a hit as if a three D Mario came out, and that's why I'm thinking hmm. Pat has a point with mod, um, Call of Duty. Like I think if you if you so. I think Stephanie, you think like like everybody else thinks, like a big 3D Mario game. But the 2D Mario games mm-hmm. actually outsell the 2D Mario or the 3D Mario games like four to one. Really? Yeah, right. New... that's something I did not know. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing how this will turn out. Yeah, like when the Wii when the Wii was the hot, the new uh-huh. hotness, right? Like uh, Mario new Galaxy. Super Mario Brothers. What? <laughs> I hate. Wait, that. New Super Mario Brothers was. When, wait, the, uh, when the first when the first, first one came the Mario first Mario. one came out on DS. Yeah, but when did that get mm-hmm. ported? What console did it get ported to? It didn't get ported. It was a brand new game on the Wii. Yeah, the Wii oh, one yeah, never yeah, actually yeah. got ported anywhere. Yeah, either. I, I think Mario Galaxy sold somewhere around like ten million copies or something like that, and New Super Mario Brothers sold like fifty. Mm-hmm. 48 or something was the last number I heard. I don't really know how I true mean, that is anymore. I, mean, but I wonder if it's I mean, because that, I was multiplayer, that, though. But that theme but that theme music was 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 the shit. Everybody popped the dance on certain downbeats. It, it, that, that, that game was a phenomenon. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. All right, our last question, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, the one true James uh, via Discord asks, uh, "Do you think all of Jim Ryan's games as a service titles will be swiftly canceled now that he's gone?" No, they just acquired. Include- no. They just acquired <laughs> a ton of studios for games as a service. Why did we even include this this question? Do we even know that games as a service is Jim Ryan's idea? You know what? I'm, well, I'm, I'm signing off. I'm I. Signing off. Part of me thinks it was like a, I mean, maybe not all of Jim Ryan's decision, but I do think they do want a piece of that pie. And remember, yeah, remember, they have like 12 of them in development, right? Mm-hmm. They only need one to hit big, right? To to call it a quote unquote success. And, you know, I mean, Bungie obviously has Destiny. Marathon's coming, which is going to be huge. Uh I don't know if you would call that a Sony game, but I mean, they're owned by Sony. So I wonder if they include that in that or not. But uh, and then you have the the three V three hero shooter coming from Bungie. Also, that has been rumored for a long time. Uh, no, that doesn't Matter. sound like it's going to be exci- or exciting. Um, so I just I don't think they're going to get canceled. Um, but I in the next 10, next five to 10 years, when these games start coming out, I do expect studio closures. Or, you know, the heads of the studios leaving that they purchased. Like, I could see Jade Raymond leaving uh, Haven if uh, that poor that poor lady can't stay anywhere. I know, dude. The last game she the last game she was actually credited on was Splinter Cell Blacklist. Wait for the three sixty. Yeah. Wow. So, I do kind of feel bad for her, but I don't know how. 
great of a you know obviously if she hasn't put out a game in over 10 years like is she really a great producer you know obviously she oh, went to head no, oh the internet's gonna come for care. you oh <laughs> i don't care they, they can somebody had somebody had to say it i'm just glad you said it first i don't care they can all suck a dick and stop listening uh <laughs> Come on, oh, let, wow. let's let's face it. As much as George Lucas was a oh, god among creations, his last stuff was kind of you know very subpar. Oh, oh yeah, oh oh yeah, the prequels. Ooh, I like prequels. <laughs> I like the prequels too, but not as much as I like the original trilogy. I uh, hot take. I think the original trilogy is average. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I take. I Thanks also like the uh, the new trilogy. Anybody else have any takes on this game as a service thing before everybody yells at me? Good. Do you hear that? Do you hear that whistling sound, Corey? It sounds like a bomb being dropped on your house right now. You might want to run. Good. <laughs> now, I've already started the timer. The one in his basement when he said Alan Wake was a bad game. But... <laughs> Dude, that's not even the hottest take I've ever had, Pat. So maybe one day the fun topic will be, you know, hot take Olympics or something. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to get out of here. Alan Wake's gem. No, a stop. fucking gem. You uh, just didn't understand the story context. I did. I did. At How the, it the, all went with the one song about the we, Lady of the Light and the lake. We, we all saw Thomas, Thomas Zane in the window of the diner. At the at the Deer Light Festival or whatever, and now oh, the big question is: Is Alan Wake even a real person? Is he part of the story that, that, that Thomas Zane is writing? No, I mean I the guy that's shit. also in a like a diving submarine suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. the sub. Yeah, no, I know. I just <laughs> me seeing that, I'm like, dude, I didn't even like. Okay. Yeah, how about that part where like they had regular Alan and then creepy smiling Alan in the same <sighs> scene? Yeah. Oh, Mr. Scratch. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> From American Nightmare. Yes. Uh, and the DLC. Yes. Gross. Uh, uh, Mr. Scratch is amazing. You'll love Mr. him. Scratch, yeah, Mr. Mr. Scratch, Scratch is Alan Wake meets Patrick Bateman. Yeah. The, the, yes. guy, the guy in the mirror at the beginning of the DLC, that's, that's who you're talking about, right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. That gives DLC. you the flashlight and the gun as you walk out of the diner and instantly into the woods. <laughs> no. No, Mrs. Mrs. Scratch is the main bad guy from America, uh, Alan Wake's American Night American Nightmare, mm-hmm. and the DLC. He's he's the he's the anti version of you, basically. <sighs> well, I'm going to be the anti version of this podcast, so let's get out of here. Thank you, everybody, so much for watching and/or listening. <laughs> Subscribe, share, like, rate, whatever you want to do. Uh, threaten <sighs> me with my hot takes, and we'll see you next time. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. This episode of the Boss Rush Podcast is brought to you by well you if you want to learn more about boss rush media's family of podcasts head on over to bossrushmedia.com or patreon.com slash bossrushmedia thanks for your continued support if you want to be a patreon producer head on over to patreon patreon.com slash bossrushmedia and find out which tier is right for you our patreon producers at the five dollar tier or higher for this month are adriel munger celeste roberts christian s sana dirig Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support.